Hey everyone, it's Ryan Fontenot here again with the One Million Cent Podcast, where we are aiming to be part of seeing one million teens around the globe trained to share their faith in everyday life. So every time we gather on our podcast, you will either hear me sharing a a trick, a a thought, an idea on how you can be more active in living sense or like today, I will sit down with another believer, another leader in ministry and let them share the knowledge God has given them. And so I'm excited today to have a recent friend of mine on the podcast, someone I just met a few months ago, but is in ministry, doing life, has recently written a book. I know you're going to be encouraged. Welcome to the show, Nick. How's it going, my friend? Man, glad to be here. Yeah, um, really excited. Exciting season of life. And yeah, I just wrote a book and been kind of going around, you know, similar to you and um, just seeing yeah. the work that God is doing all over the place and just how he's raising, you know, sinners stuck in their sin, dead in their sin to life in Christ. And yeah. I mean, it's been so encouraging to me and I, I think to the body of believers as well. And so, yeah, man, just a fun season of life and soaking it all in day by day. I love it, man. I love it. And Nick uh, is in South Carolina, not Correct. North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> and those are not the same place for people who don't live over there. I live in Texas. We don't know what's happening. So there's not North <laughs> North Texas and South. Well, there's North Texas and South Texas, but it's all Texas, you know. So <laughs> You guys but, are man, your own nation. Well, you don't don't get me started, bro. Don't don't, don't let's, <laughs> let's let's don't get started on yeah, that. Right? Well, so. <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole, huh? That's right. That's that's right, man. But I'm so glad you're here. I look forward to you sharing a little bit more about what you're doing and what you do and everything like that. But before we jump in too much, man, I want us to stretch it out, warm up a little bit with some uh, some rapid fire questions. Let's Sound go. good to you? I'm here for All it. Right, let's man. do it. Number one, Nick, as a Gen Zer, bro, are you a coffee guy or an energy drink guy? What's your coffee? Flavor? Through and through, light roast, preferably Ethiopian single origin, uh, natural, not washed, and black. No room for cream or sugar. And that, my friend, is a telltale sign. This brother is Gen Z. I love it, man. I love it. I love <laughs> All it. the that, way. All that the way. That is a coffee guy right there. That's yeah. a coffee guy. I have guys who say, yeah, I'm a coffee guy. I'm like, what do you drink? Anything? I'm like, yeah, you're not really Probably a not a coffee guy. guy. <laughs> you're a seven. You're a 7-Eleven uh, there overheated. You go. There yeah, you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right, man. Pray for you. Well, having said that, man, that's right. You a sweet time of the day for you, man, where you're, where you're just in the flow. Morning, midday, night. Where are you? Night. 100%. Night. All right. When you are traveling with family, drive or fly, destination, ready to get there, let's fly there, journey, what do you want to do? Oh, man, it depends. Preferably fly, always. I'm a much more, hey, I'll check out all the scenes and everything like that when we get there. But, I mean, also having a a one-and-a-half-year-old, anybody listening who's had a a one-and-a-half-year-old and tries to go on Delta, you're like – Let's. That's a, it's a different if we're day. in Florida, we're driving to Seattle. It's no <laughs> no question about it. So yeah, I think in this season of life, flying uh, with family is a little yeah. tougher. But normally, yeah. I'd preferably fly. I like it. I like it, man. Winter, spring, summer, fall, man. What's your season of choice? Oh man, it's like changed up for me, honestly. So I grew up in Florida, where summertime is everything on the yeah. lake, on the ocean, um, going to the beach. Yeah. I mean, that's just like it when you live in Florida. But lately moving up to the Carolinas, honestly, I've really begun to enjoy late fall, early winter, yeah. where it's not oh. too frigid, but it's not super like scorching hot outside and, and the colors are changing yeah. and people are, 
you know, getting out of it more. So I've been lately a fall guy. All right, man. I like that. I like that. All right. So, man, this is going to be a good question for you to answer because from Florida, now in South Carolina, beach, mountains, where are you going, man? Mountains. Oh, man. He has officially left the state of Florida. I, so. I, I went to the beach probably three times a year for about 20 years of my life. So, really? wow. There you go. I, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of, I don't know. And also, my wife is a, a Crockett. As her maiden name, so uh, she's a uh, she's a relate uh, related to Davy Crockett by blood. There you go. Um, there you go. In Texas, somewhere. Come on, come on, R. let's R. go. Alamo. Um, don't get us started, so, man. Don't yeah, get man. Me I don't started. know. I don't know what's <laughs> happened, but lately, yeah, I've just been a been a big mountain guy. I love to hike. I love, love to it. get out in the forest, and yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That's awesome, man. Well, when you are uh, traveling or you're in the mountains, man, are you going to prefer after a good meal? You're going to go for pie. You're going to go for cake, man. What, what's your flavor oh, choice? Man, Ooh, man. Um, I think it depends. Be like, doesn't it? You can be doesn't like, it? You, <laughs> yeah, it know, like, man, it totally it depends does. what pie and what cake, but I would That's say good. most okay. times I would say most times I'm probably going to go for cake. Okay, there you go. Do you have a yeah. cake of choice that you're like, man, this is if birthday, this is my birthday cake. I like, like yeah. me. I don't know if it's really a cake, but I like cookie cake, right? So, let's go. Uh, man, let's go. That's my you favorite. Like, so, you like cookies in cake form, is really. Hey, there we go. I like yeah. that. I like a um, big round cookie with icing on it. <laughs> dude, I I can't remember the name of it, but my grandmother made it for me when I was younger, and I wanted it every single year after that. Like I literally every year, I, I wanted it. it. But it there was this. Go. Uh, like tangerine meringue mm. mm-hmm. cake yep. of some sort. I don't know exactly yeah. what you call it, but um, yeah, I, it was just excellent. I mean, it was so yeah. good, so good. We don't have those skills anymore, man. We don't yeah. have those skills. No, we've anymore. It's a generation has <laughs> lost its touch. So pray for us. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Well, let, let, let's think about maybe a little more spiritual here, man. So yeah. when it comes to the Bible. Um, are, are you kind of, Hey, I'm the guy who, man, I lean toward the old Testament, the stories, the narratives, uh, the history. Are you a new Testament guy? You mean, I love the, love Jesus's life. I love the epistles, man, man, old Testament or new Testament. I know the answer is both. You can't have one without the other, but where would totally. you go? Yeah. I, well, I would say as an evangelist, primarily, I'm obviously going to lean new Testament. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, just the new covenant under Christ. I mean, that right. is the apex point of the entire Bible. Yeah. Nothing in the Bible yeah. is even relevant without, I think some yeah. people would disagree, but I would say the the entire Bible <laughs> yeah. is pretty irrelevant yeah. without the apex point being the death, burial, and yeah. resurrection of Jesus. However, I will say that I do think that most of church today leans on the New Testament primarily for preaching, mm-hmm. for teaching points, for small group discussion. And I definitely think that we... Um, can find a lot of value in the old testament too like yeah, tremendous yeah. value and the old yeah. testament i mean for obvious reasons has been the harder part i think for me to work through mm-hmm. of just understanding and like making sure i get the narrative and kind of understand where all the pieces go and the timeline of it and i think that That's you know good. bringing that back into the teaching because really what it's doing is it's setting the stage for something like jesus yeah and so when you can get That's a right. really clear vivid picture of how the old testament is setting up the stage how these prophets are crying out and you know declaring that one will mm-hmm. come to set them free and then 
you know, even earlier on in the Old Testament where people are oppressed by different nations and they're being kind of set up in these hierarchical yeah. um, power structures. I sound like Jordan Peterson now. Um, and, you know, they're kind of having a they're kind of having a hard time living under it. And, you know, it just doesn't right. seem to be the right fit. And they're having to bring all these sacrifices. And it's an extreme burden on the human condition and the human soul. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's wailing out, crying out for one to come. And then you get to the new test. So like when you set the stage like that and you can really relate to the human emotion, you know, I think that mm-hmm. the new Testament just resounds all the more. Comes alive. Yeah. So I yeah, think man, you just talk yourself kind of into being an old Testament guy. Uh, maybe I did. I don't know. Maybe I need to be an old Testament historian. No, hey, that, hey, I, I was in, man. I was leaning in. I'm on it, man. So, uh, all right. Well, when it comes to the New Testament, we got four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, recording the life of Jesus, different perspective, different ways, different yeah. uh, personalities and nuances. Mm-hmm. My question is, man, who you rolling with? Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? You can only pick one. Who's your 100%. book? Who's your guy? Luke, thousand percent. Uh, a thousand yeah? percent. I'll, okay. I'll triple down on that. Right. Yeah. For a few reasons. Yeah. Luke was really the only one who didn't have like a very close, like bonded relationship mm-hmm. and like very, you know, close, harmonious understanding of who Jesus was. Like he was really actually right. just sent out by Theophilus, whoever he was yeah. to go out and record yeah. what this guy named Jesus actually did through his life and through his ministry. And so yeah. one thing I really love about that is that it really has the ability to be unbiased. I mean, he's just yeah, going out yeah. and recording what people are already saying. Whereas like John, while I absolutely believe that the Bible is inerrant, I believe it's inspired by the Holy Spirit through and through every word. Uh, John's gospel, if you're going to weigh them as far as like what would have the ability to be biased versus not, mm-hmm. Luke is going to be far more as far as like journalism goes credible, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah for yeah. the skeptic, for the modern person who's just like, well, yeah, they were all his friends and your friends are all going to talk right. great about you. So like, why would, and so I just think Luke <laughs> yeah. fits the narrative of that a bit more. And then also yeah. uh, two of the passages that I, that I used a lot when I first started preaching, both come from Luke, Luke 24, the road to Emmaus and Luke 19, mm-hmm. uh, the story of Zacchaeus. And yeah. uh, both yeah. of those stories have meant just a lot to me through my journey. So uh, of course, appreciate yeah, all the gospels for all that they are, but Luke has really right. been the one that has uh, kind of separated itself. And uh, it's also Man, the one that uh, I enjoy preaching from the most because I see uh, more of myself kind of in Luke yeah. than I do yeah. in uh, really any of the other writers. That's cool, man. I've found that get people that are readers, researchers, um, they're, they're like, man, Luke's my guy, you know? And mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know if that's where you lean or not necessarily just your preference of, hey, I want to know some facts, some history, some some surrounding context, you know? And so I appreciate that, man. I, I love that you didn't just give me an answer. You gave me a, an answer for your answer. And that's what yeah. I'm talking about right here. Yeah. So, so listen, I know if you're listening or watching this, hopefully, man, already you've got some value out of this deal because Nick just gave us a little Bible lesson there. And I love that. That's what I love about this podcast. We have questions that we are, hey, let's ask this this, but you never know where you're going to go. And so, man, thanks for sharing that. Now, this next question, though, before we jump into the real meat of this thing is um, one that I think everybody wants to know. People are curious and they love to guess. And that is this. Is Nick Hurst a dog guy or a cat guy? Now, don't answer that yet. We're going to come back to it at the end. I want you to think about it. And uh, as you guys kind of not have to think about it. 
you have you're judging Nick right now by his voice, or if you're watching by his look, you're going. I think this guy is a. Go ahead and drop in the comments. Go ahead and let us know. Do you think Nick is a dog guy or a cat guy? I'd love to see. Did you get it right? Are we correct? And so we'll circle back to that at the end. And I love that my boy already knows what he's going to say on that. Well, Nick, right now, man, let's jump into this thing, man. What? are you doing right now what is your life man what do you do people that don't know you what do you do tell us yeah man uh well i think that i think that life is recently my wife and i've been talking a lot about this life is recently just kind of changing in a lot of ways of what we do and then what we intend Mm -hmm. to do so right now just what we do uh, we host a YouTube channel. It's called Nick and Chelsea on YouTube. We've been doing that for, my wife has been doing it for well over a decade. Uh, I've been a part of it for about six years now. And so we've run that for the past you know, several years. And then we also host a podcast called Forever Changed with Nick and Chelsea. Uh, we just wrote a book called Marriage Minded, 10 Ways to Know If You Found the One. For those of you there watching, you can see the pretty little book. Published that with Zondervan. That's yes. um, my wife's third book, my first book. And then on top of that, similar to to you, Ryan, kind of going all over the place uh, with preaching and speaking in different churches, conferences, events, uh, missions, all sorts of things like that. Um, And so we're, it's kind of hush hush right now, but we, uh, you know, I've done everything to really form the nonprofit that will structure around our ministry efforts for the, for the future going forward. And so, yeah, man, we're kind of moving slowly, just like very gradually uh, less effort off or excuse me, less effort on the media and on the, you know, growing the bottom line with the mm-hmm. business and like all that stuff. And we're kind of shifting that more into the ministry efforts. I mean, we just have such a heart for yeah. the lost. And so yeah. that's kind of been where we're, where we're going, man. That's sort of what we're up to on any it. given day. It's one of those things or a culmination of several of those things, but <laughs> right. that's kind of what life looks like right now. I love it, man. That's so good, bro. I love, uh, like I said, Nick and I just met uh, a few months ago and um, it's just been a joy to uh, just see catch up man. kind of like, Hey, where have I been? How do I not know this guy? And uh, so it's been cool, man, to see what God has done and is doing. And by uh, your, uh, by your, what you just shared right there. Sounds like you married up, bro. Sounds like you married up. A thousand percent. (laughs) I don't know if you feel this way, Ryan, but when she said yes, I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it's for real? <laughs> like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, did you hear what I, I asked? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you can say no if you want. That's so, right. I mean, yeah. That's yeah right. I, I mean, a thousand percent. Chelsea yeah. is uh, gifted. She is smart. She is kind. She's endearing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, God has just called her in such unique ways and to be in unique places and, spaces with her life yeah. i mean um so good yeah and and i bet you'd feel this way too ryan is that marriage you know people say this and you're like yeah right whatever but when you get married and you've been married for you know a, a long time a little bit of time kind of anywhere in between um you really do realize how much you both complement one another's strengths and yeah. weaknesses. Yeah. And yeah. man, I just think that is the grace of God over mm. yes. people's lives. I think that's the grace of God over yeah. people's marriages. Uh, I am just such a proponent of marriage because it will show you all the things that you are not, <laughs> but it will complement all the things that your spouse is and what that's God right. is doing yeah. in them and with them and how that blesses yeah. the both of you. 
simultaneously. Mm. I mean, it is just the best thing ever. Yeah. Chelsea is uh, is is truly awesome. I love it, man. Golly, I love it when a husband brags on his wife. So, uh, Nick, thanks for doing that, man. So if you don't learn anything from anything we say today, uh, husbands and uh, future husbands, I hope you hear what Nick just said, man, bragging on your wife and realizing the beauty of the gift that marriage is, is an absolute blessing. But that mm-hmm. begs the question, Nick, um, how... How did you get to where you are? There, there are there. There are teenagers going to be watching this. Collegiates, there's going to be uh, young leaders watching this, and they're going, okay, this dude's married, um, and they're doing this deal over here. They have this ministry over there. Um, here's the real question, man. Can you give us kind of a snapshot of of your story, man? When did you meet Jesus? Called the ministry. How how did how did you get from death to life and where you are right now? Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. Um, great question. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think I've shared a little bit of this with you off air before, but mm-hmm. um, Clayton King, great friend of uh, of yours and um, of mine, has been a tremendous part of my story. But I mean, it didn't start with just me hanging out with Clayton one day, and then yeah. all of a sudden, I'm you know doing ministry. So <laughs> my story goes back a lot further. I grew up in Florida, as I've uh, mentioned previously here on what a part farm. Part of Florida, did you? North grow up? Central. So I grew up forty five okay. minutes north of Gainesville. Go. Gators. And um, yeah, grew up in a really small town called Live Oak. Uh, Great little town, you know, time of my life growing up there. It was really great for the, you know, context I think a young guy needs Mm -hmm. to just form and learn and kind of understand how the world works. So uh, yeah, great little small town there called Live Oak. Grew up there on a farm, kind of on the outskirts of town. And, uh, yeah, man, just kind of learned about life and learned how to work, how to get up early, how to finish what I start, how to honor uh, my parents, how to honor Mm -hmm. my elders and, uh, how to just honestly flat out do what you're told and don't ask questions about it. And I just think that sometimes we kind of need that and we're missing that Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And so that was a lot of how I grew up in my formation, but as I got older, I didn't really have an understanding of church. I didn't have an understanding of Jesus. I didn't have an understanding of the gospel. I thought church was just this place that people went and kind of gathered and talked about Jesus and this mm-hmm. ginormous book that is so intimidating called the Bible. And I just didn't really get it. I just, I really honestly thought it was a book full of just like good ideas and stuff that you should try and do and be yeah. nice and that sort of thing. And they just kind of meditate on it. And that was kind of it. Uh, so I didn't really understand what all the Bible was. And I remember I grew up, uh, I got in my early teenage years, 13, 12, 13, 14. And I was just struggling with so much, uh, had so many questions about existence and why I was here mm. and what was the purpose of life. And I think a lot of times we, we downplay the emotions and the questions and the thoughts that young people actually have. We're like, Oh, they're 14. They don't know nothing. Wait until the IRS calls. (laughs) You know, we, we just kind of like have that frame of mind a lot of times. And I even honestly, man, like even just being 25, like I look at 14 year olds when I go to events or churches or anything like that. And I'm just like, (laughs) you have no idea. And then I just think back, I'm like, Oh no, they do. And in fact, yeah, that was 2012. Right, right. That was a seemingly like a whole different world. Now we live on the other yes. side of the pandemic and we live in an 
absolutely hyper inflated social media age. And mm-hmm. so um, I would I would say it's probably even compounded since I was 14. Yeah. And yes. uh, so that was, you know, kind of what was going on. I remember one day I went to my grandmother's house after school. I lived across the or excuse me, I went to school across the street from her house. And so I would always walk across the street, hang out with her for the afternoon until my parents got off work and then they would come from work and then um, and pick me up and we'd go home. And I remember I was talking to her and she was asking me questions and I was explaining some of the stuff that I was feeling just really honestly and working through. And it was a Wednesday on that particular day. And uh, she just said, hey, hop in the car. I was like, cool, let's go. I thought we were just going to go to the grocery store or something like that. So she drives (laughs) me down to the church. She knew that youth uh, and she had kind of been mentioning it to me for a few months. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to ever do that uh respectfully and so she got she put me in the car drove me down to the church and then pretty much just let me out she said hey you know a few guys a few girls there uh, just go hang out have a good time it'll be really normal <clears throat> and so i get out i go hang out with them and it was really cool honestly i mean a lot of great friends of mine went to that church and so that was kind of the reason i felt somewhat comfortable i didn't really understand anything that they were talking about when they brought out the bible or any yeah. of the conversation that was going on. I was just kind of a fly on the wall. And uh, I didn't get anything. I did not understand the Bible. Didn't understand yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Didn't understand any of it. But I kept going week after week because I really enjoyed, I don't know, just being around people uh, in a yeah. positive environment. I wasn't in really any stretch an unpopular kid, I would say, at school. Uh, never like had any bullying or anything like that. But... I definitely think the crowd of people that you're around in a public environment, especially when you're in your teenage years of really being in the group or, or needing to be mm-hmm. like publicly affirmed in a group setting. Yeah. It's kind of like all the high school jocks rolling together, all the, you know, certain sectors of people rolling together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just a natural teenage thing. But I think that for me, it was definitely going to go in the wrong direction. And so, I don't know, this church community being a part of my life at such an early age really played a part in me just kind of shifting course and developing a new circle of friends that I would hang out with on the regular. And so anyway, fast forward, I would say six or eight months, I'm going week after week, still not understanding anything. But then I move up into youth group. And I remember probably two, three weeks Mm -hmm. into youth group, the uh, new youth pastor who wasn't previously i came from the sbc okay so we had something called ras and that's where i started let's go out baby and that's so right. royal uh, ambassadors for yes those sir who have no idea what he's never talking forget. about <laughs> never forget and so uh bump up into the youth group and i remember the youth pastor preaching one night out of matthew chapter 7 about a life built on rock a house built on rock or a house built on mm-hmm. sand and it was this picture that jesus was giving about life and what's your life built on something firm or something uh, Mm -hmm. shaky. And I just had to reckon with the first, uh, I had to reckon with for the Mm -hmm. first time that my life was built on really shaky, uh, footing and ground and that anything at any point could absolutely send it spiraling out of control. And so that really created a hunger in me. And then two, three months after that, uh, summer camp signups came around. I was like, no, I'm not going to go. And before I know it, I'm stepping off of a bus in uh, in Boiling Springs, North Carolina in July 2012. And uh, the people are just jacked to the night. I mean, they are so excited that yeah. you're there. Oh, yeah. Nothing in life matters more than the fact that you're getting off this bus at this university right now. 
And uh, I'm just like, this is crazy. Uh, I'm like w- super uncomfortable. And I remember that entire week from from Sunday getting off the bus, Sunday afternoon getting off the bus to Thursday late afternoon. I had just dejected the Holy Spirit because I had sensed mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit was working in my heart, trying to move things. And man, I was just like pushing back with all my might. And so Clayton comes out Thursday night gives a Thursday night message, which if you know anything about camp world, that's the, that's the hitter. That's the hitter message. <laughs> and so, Let's go. yeah, he comes out. I think it was the prodigal son. Don't quote me on that, but I think mm-hmm. it was the prodigal yeah. son. And I had just realized, man, like I've been running. I have been doing anything I can to get away. And, uh, God is, is very, very clearly calling me to himself. So mm-hmm. I respond in faith I stand up. I, I asked Jesus to save me. And man, from that moment, everything just changed. It was like the lights Let's came go. on. And yeah. so I sit back down. I'm just a puddle, just a mess. I'm you know broken mm. over my own sin, but excited and, and also just overwhelmed by the grace of God extended to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I sit back down and then the worship set comes up and then Clayton comes out after like three songs and he's like, hey, I never do this. In fact, I don't know if I've ever done this, but I feel like there's some of you in the room right now who know that God is calling you into ministry, and I want to give you the opportunity <laughs> to respond. And so, dude, I'm like super excited. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is going to be awesome. Like some people are going to respond, and I get to like watch this. This is going to be amazing. Like how cool Like how cool is this? I've never sat through something like this before. And so I'm like looking around, and I'm like, man, like, let's, let's go. This is going to be awesome. And Clayton's like, hey, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to listen to the spirit. Like, I'm asking you to close your eyes because I want you to focus and like listen to if the Lord is speaking to you. And so I close my eyes and I'm like, okay. I mean, I know I'm going to take over my parents' farm and yeah, do that. And so I'm just going to, you know, play the part. I'm just going to close my eyes. And man, clear as a day, like a bullet hitting me. God was like, that is you. Stand mm-hmm. up. And I remember sitting there with, with God for a moment. I was like, Lord, this has been a really crazy night that I don't want to make a decision out of emotion. Uh, I feel like maybe my emotions are talking and yeah. I don't want this to be an emotional thing. And so out of that moment, Clayton says, okay, now I want you to respond on three. If that's you, one, two, three, stand up. And so I like sit for a second and then God is like, mm-hmm. Nick, that's you stand up. And so wow. I stand up and just confused and not really understanding what I, you know, had just fully decided, but knowing yeah. that I heard God and not needing all the details, knowing that hearing God tell me that this was me was enough and that the details yeah. had figured themselves out. And so again, hit the fast forward button over time, go home. And I just have a burden for my friends, have a burden for the loss. So I start, you know, having conversations and praying with my friends and, uh, you know, skipping lunch hour to go sit out on the wall on the brick wall and just talk to someone about whatever's mm. going on at home and inviting them to yeah. FCA and then preaching in churches like here and there around. Um, served on staff for Crossroads 2014 mm-hmm. and then served again on staff 2017. Really grew, grew a close friendship with Clayton and then uh, got married 2019. And shortly after that, I was invited onto the speakers team at CKM Clayton King Ministries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other minute details in there with social media and just kind of how that's played into the whole ministry side of things. But I won't bore you guys with 
that but that's really what the story <laughs> has has been Dude. like for me man um i love it it's been a it's I been a really it. wild journey in in hindsight and i'm sure uh, i'm sure i'm only getting started in some ways Oh yeah, man. No doubt. No doubt. And I love, I love the fact that what I picked up on there was like, just, um, you heard the Lord and you're just like, okay. And, and a lot of people, I think when they feel called, they want to have all the answers. Right. And, uh, and maybe you were even that guy, but the Lord just saying, Hey, just put your yes on the table and we'll work it out day by day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's a great reminder for anybody listening or watching that maybe you feel the tug of God on your life. You feel this pull. Hey, let me just encourage you. Hey, the, the, here's what the Lord wants, right? He wants your yes. And he's going to work out all the details. And, um, man, for me, I don't need all the details typically in my life. I'm like, all right, let's just go. Give me the general direction. And, but some people need those details. And I think both of them, the Lord's like, Hey, I got this. All right. Just put your yes on the table, follow me. And I think sometimes when you look back, like you are probably even right now going, man, a lot has happened. The Lord has done a lot and things you couldn't have ever dreamed or imagined. Mm-hmm. He's done. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and so in that yeah. moment, how old were you when uh, you felt that call? 14, 14, 15, mm-hmm. uh, 14. I mean, I know there, there are young kids watching this even, and, and you're going, man, can God really call someone at 14? Uh, I think Nick and others I've talked to, they say a resounding yes, you know, and uh, you won't understand it all in that moment, but you just got to put your yes out there. And then I think one thing that I heard you say, Nick, that was awesome was just, um, and you started walking in that where you were. You didn't wait till, oh, when I get out of high school, okay, I'll start pursuing that. No, you started conversation with friends at school, FCA, inviting people into your world, getting into their world, right? So um, out of that, what would you say to a high schooler, junior higher, who's like, man, I want to start telling my friends about Jesus, but I don't even know where to start. What, what kind of some direction you would give them be today? Yeah, that's great. I would say look for the hunger and look for the pain. Because in in my just honest opinion, we are all stricken before we know Jesus by this disease called sin. And so that sin uh, for people who are lost is going to show itself in some type of way in their life, whether it be desperation and looking for something. So whether that is, you know, with the hookup crowd or with the party crowd or with mm. the whatever crowd, they're looking for something. People don't just drink to drink. Mm-hmm. People don't just hook up to hook up. Yeah. People don't just do whatever to do whatever uh, or to be accepted by a society. I mean, they're looking right. for something. And if you watch yeah. more than three minutes of any Billy Graham sermon ever, you'll, I mean, he just, <laughs> just harps on this. I mean, this was the whole really yeah. impetus of his ministry is that humanity is searching from 10 years old yeah. to a hundred years old. And we're all mm-hmm. looking for something. And the thing that I really believe we're all looking for is the peace in our heart and peace with God. Um, and to know that there is something more. <clears throat> and so I would say yeah. look for the pain yeah. points. Uh, when Whenever yeah. you write a book, this is kind of also something they teach you is write to, the, write to the person where they are in the middle of their pain point. Address the pain point. Mm-hmm. And so whatever mm-hmm. they are looking for, whatever it is that their life is seemingly trying to find whether they're dealing with depression and anxiety or trouble at home like you if you're an ambassador of the gospel if you carry the gospel with you you carry living hope uh you carry life with Mm. you you carry light with you you are the salt of the earth And, and honestly i just really believe that a lot of people who don't share the gospel or who don't have a burden to share the gospel is one mm-hmm. because I don't think that they fully understand 
how detrimental sin is and how detrimental mm-hmm. being lost is because maybe they've been a Christian for so long that they forgot how desperate and desolate yeah. and destitute it feels to be lost. People want salvation. Mm-hmm. I think we don't yeah. think about that enough. We look at the whole Bible every Sunday and we see all these Israelites crying out for one to save them, crying out for one to come and deliver them from this bondage of the law and of doing and keeping the rules and searching and going to idols. I mean, look at the Old Testament idols and, you know, kind of make it a reference for today. Yeah. Moloch and Baal yeah. and whatever else. And, yeah. um, you know, right. Asherah poles and all this stuff like sex and money and the job yeah. and the house and the wife yeah. and the this and the that and the whatever to fill the void. I think it was D.L. Moody who said, it may have been D.L. Moody who said, um, in essence, every human has a God-sized hole in their heart that nothing mm. else can fill. People want salvation. People want to hear good yeah. news. And uh, right. I just don't think that we think about that enough because we're so uncomfortable or we think that they just want to brush us off. And uh, mm. yeah, so I would say look for the pain points and then address it and just go for it. And if uh, and if you feel yeah. like you need to warm up to it or take time, invite people and just begin conversations. Yeah. Invite people to hang out with you, invite people to FCA, invite people to church, and then work that mm-hmm. muscle of learning how to have those interactions and conversations with Jesus. And you don't have to get it. You don't yeah. have to get it a hundred percent. Right. I mean, don't rely right. on yourself. Like ask the Holy spirit to give you words <laughs> to help you have the power yeah. to see a spiritual condition of what they need. And then the most important part is speak to it. Just speak yeah. to it. Just see it, call it out, speak to it and love and compassion and grace yeah. And uh, let people know that yeah. there really is hope, that they don't have to stay dejected yeah. in their sin and just lost for forever. I love that, man. I think uh, what one, one thing that I really picked up there, man, I thought is absolutely key, and I don't know that we've hit that on hit this on the podcast a whole lot, is just listen. Right, right. And if you're not listening to people, you don't pick up on their pain points. You don't pick up on their hungers. You don't pick up on their struggles. Right. And so that only happens in relationship. But when we are in that relationship and we're listening to people, I do believe you listen to them, then listen to the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give you the words to speak in that moment. Um, You probably know. 10 different ways to share the gospel. I know 10 different ways to share the gospel. And depending on the situation, maybe the way that the Lord brings up that, right? Whether it's telling your story or, hey, Mm -hmm. let me share this verse of encouragement or the Roman road, whatever it may be. And, um, but I think that key there, man, of listening to where people are, listening for those pain points, listening for their struggles really does allow us to go, hey, there is actually an answer for that. We have hope for that situation, you know, because there's a lot of people that are just feeling hopeless. And um, so, man, thanks for thanks for sharing that, bro. I, I love that so much. That's that's so good. Well, well, Nick, um, man, this has been so good. Um, I appreciate you taking time to share your story before we jump off, man. I obviously want you to tell people where they can connect with you, um, where they can, um, and continue to, I know you shared some, we'll drop it in the show notes. Um, and I want you to share where they can connect with you and tell us about your book one more time. Cause I think this will be super helpful. The things you shared about me, uh, to me about it earlier, man. Uh, I, I'm like, man, there are people who need to know about this resource. So how can people connect with you? Tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You can find me on social at official Nick H uh, primarily 
Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then you can find us on YouTube. Uh, just type in Nick and Chelsea or Nick and Chelsea Hurst. Uh, we'll come right up. You can see us there. And then, uh, yeah, this new book we just wrote, Marriage Minded, 10 Ways to Know If You Found the One. So if you're single, dating, engaged, anything like that, uh, this would be a great resource uh, for you. Uh, it's just 10 questions, 10 biblical points that we think that um, all couples should work through who are, want to pursue a healthy marriage inevitably in the future. So it's not a marriage mm -hmm. book. It is a book to become marriage minded, hence the title. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, we think it'd be really beneficial for you if you uh, just really want some assurance as to either who you're dating or who you will date or who you're maybe engaged to or thinking about getting engaged with uh, truly is the right one from a biblical uh, frame of reference. And then uh, obviously travel and speak as well. And uh, I'm a speaker with Clayton King Ministries. You can just go to ClaytonKing.com and request a speaker. And I'm on there somewhere. Got a whole host of lineups. So if I'm not your <laughs> cup of tea, there might be someone on there who is. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, that's pretty much kind of everything going on in my world right now. And that's all the places that people can uh, can connect with me. Dude, that's awesome. And and I know you guys will continue to be just encouraged by him. We'll drop all of his information in the show notes, whether you're watching or listening. So make sure you go follow. Man, check out what God's doing. And I know uh, you will be encouraged by Nick and Chelsea. And uh, so I encourage you to go and uh, just, man, see what God is up to in their world. Now, Nick, let me bring it full circle here, bro. Let me just, uh, we got to ask the question, right? So is Nick Hurst a dog guy? Or cat guy, let us hear it. Hmm. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just let that simmer for a second. I'm gonna just build <laughs> the anticipation. I like it. I like it. So I currently, right now, am the proud owner of a what is he? He's a he's a 2000. He's a late 2020 <laughs> model of a golden retriever let's and go I man. love him with my <laughs> entire heart his name is waldo he's the best oh, thing man. ever and uh yeah bro i'm a i'm totally a dog guy so i grew up with dogs uh, and cats but i've always had an affinity for dogs yeah so yeah um, they're just yeah, they're just big buddies big fluff buddies that's right and so that's right yeah man, man dog guy did i see him did i see him walking around the house there earlier was that him walking might have, around the house i don't know earlier? maybe you did yeah he's probably yeah, oh yeah, yeah he's laying over there in the corner yeah so <laughs> i love yeah, it that's my I love buddy it, man Oh, man, that's good stuff. Well, bro, I love you, man. I, I am so appreciative of what God is doing in you and through you. Just the encouragement you are. There's a lot of people who think, man, this whole Gen Z, they're lost. And I'm telling you, God is doing a move in them, raising up leaders, calling people out. And they are leveraging the gospel in ways that, man, we never knew possible, man. So thank you for what you're doing, not just on social not just on YouTube, but I know as you travel and speak, man, God's anointing is on you. So, man, thank you for what you do. I pray for you. And uh, thanks for just taking time to be on here today, bro. Man, of course. This was a lot of fun. And uh, and likewise to you, man. You're a, you're a major inspiration yeah. to me and everything you do with Rage and the rest of your ministry traveling and speaking. Yeah. I mean, it's been a real joy and privilege to follow you and to see all that God's doing in you and through you. And, uh, and you know, a role model, I think, for, for uh, younger guys and girls a little bit, you know, maybe a few steps behind you to kind of look to as yeah. someone who we can say like, man, they're doing it right. And they're doing it honorably and uh, in the right way. And so I appreciate you for that, man. And appreciate you uh, letting me yeah. come on today. It was a lot of fun. Dude, 
Absolutely. My pleasure. And for everybody watching or listening, hey, let me encourage you to go check out 1millioncents.com. There you can get free training and resources and encouragement to continue to both know how to share Jesus in your everyday life. And if you're a leader, there are free resources there for you to leverage to help train those under you on how to share the gospel in everyday life. And so we are so thankful for your time. If something resonated with you today and what Nick had to share and you thought, man, I need to share that with somebody. I wish so-and-so could hear this. Hey, they can share it with them. Let them know. Just shoot them a text, hit that share button, shoot them a text say, hey, you need to listen to this guy. I think you'll be encouraged. So no matter where you are, no matter what realm you're in, no matter what day it is, listen to me right now. I always like to close with this, and that is this reminder. Today is a great day to tell someone about Jesus. So let's go. Let's go.